right, you bunch of yahoos. Strap yourselves in for another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. In other words, shut up, sit up, and pay attention. Welcome back to another episode of Toxic Masculinity, where we are here to entertain, offend, and defend anybody and everybody. We are just a couple of old crotchety farts that have a bad habit of speaking the truth and won't let a few facts get in the way of a good story. We believe in America and Americans. If this is not uh, for you, well, then we suggest that you change the channel. We still believe in freedom of speech and will rub your face into the cow pie of reality. We will make you scratch your head and, or scratch your ass, hopefully not at the same time. Without further ado, my co-host, none other than the man of men, the predator Don Fry, and I, his trusty sidekick, Dan to be Sever. Oh, and also, I always have to introduce and, and Don's faithful companion, Quinn, but I don't know if Quinn is uh, doing her cameo or not today. No, she's not making, a, making an appearance. Okay. Dan, just for, for freer knowledge, uh, Quinn is the, the Don's dog, so he, she she's usually on the air, so we always have to do a little introduction. I think she's getting more fan mail than what Don and I are getting. Yeah, she's a smart, smart one and a good-looking one. Yes. And our special guest there this evening is none other than Ken Patera. Ken, I, I mean, I, I was, I, I, I knew like a little bit about, but more or less, I, I knew more about your professional career, stuff like that. But then, you know, when I started looking at you, you from, from track and field to weightlifting or Olympic lifting to strongman contest to professional wrestling, it's like going, dude, you didn't take much of a break now, did you? No, I didn't take any break. <laughs> I just kept going. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what was was the track field something that that you started up like in in high school, and that was that what your first love? Yeah. It, well, and I I had three brothers that played football, and uh, I didn't care that much for football, and uh, so the next best thing was uh, track and field. So, were, were they are they older brothers or younger brothers? Oh yeah, no, my older brother, my oldest brother Jack, he played uh, seven or eight years in in the NFL, and then he uh, was a line coach for the um, L.A. Rams, and uh, then he wow. was uh, yeah line coach for the New York Giants, and then he was a line coach, defensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings when they used to go the uh, go to the Super Bowl. They never won any, but they used to go all the time. And then he got, uh, when uh, Seattle Seahawks became a franchise in 76, they picked my brother as their first head coach. So he was a, a head coach for the uh, Seattle Seahawks for the first eight years of their existence. But then, as things happened, politics got in the way, and uh, I think seven or eight head coaches got uh, uh, released uh, from their head coaching duties, and they brought in a bunch of uh, wusses, <laughs> as far as I was concerned, you know. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, so my brother was out of football. But then I had a younger brother that kicked field goals I can't, I don't know if you can call that playing pro football, but he was a hell of a, a field goal kicker and extra points kicked off, all, all that shit. And then I had another brother that was a, a running back that uh, had uh, 
This is another yeah. younger one or older one? Huh? Uh, another younger one or, or or older one? No, two years older than me. Yeah. Okay, so you you you're 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 third on on a totem pole. Uh, yeah, I'm third, okay. and then my youngest brother. Yeah. Yeah, okay, because I I have seven other siblings myself, so I tell people I'm second on the totem pole. So right. <laughs> you know, when when you're from bigger families, you're like, okay, first on the totem pole, third, last, whatever, you know, that, somewhere that, in the mix. That's <laughs> a good way to put it. Right. <laughs> but but you said your your younger brother also was involved in football. What's that now? You said your 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 younger brother also was involved in football. Yeah, yeah, he was a place kicker. Uh, he, uh, I, I'll tell you a funny story. He was playing for the New York Giants uh, when my brother, when my oldest brother was, uh, um, what the hell was he? Uh, I think he was coaching uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings at the time. So the Minnesota Vikings, they fly back to Yankee Stadium to play the New York Giants. The score was 17-16. My youngest brother scored all, uh, well, he scored nine points for the Giants. And the, the New York Giants beat the Minnesota Vikings 17-16 that day. And uh, so the New York press, you know, blew the whole thing up and uh, um, said that uh, uh, Jack Patera's youngest brother comes down, kicks a field goal, kicks an extra point, kicks a field goal. Oh, then he kicked another field goal. Whoa! And he kicked another field goal and beat the Vikings. 17-16. Yeah. Well, you were saying before that you didn't think that that, that you know, like place kicker is all that that vital. But I mean, you've seen. I'm trying to think what is the 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 the, the record here. I mean, I just remember watching this gentleman. It all boiled down to if he could kick this field goal, and I forget what it was. It was some astonishing distance right there, and and he even had um, he had been I think he had been uh, some type of a war veteran or something like this because he was missing part of his foot, and oh, he even no. had a, even even had a special boot on it. Was, it was like squared yeah. on off, and, and I mean he booted that thing and it went up to the uprights, and he he won it. He won the game there for them, and I'm going oh. Yeah, it's like well, if you got someone that's got a good leg, just get them close. Just get them close, and they'll yeah. they'll score every time. Yeah, I remember that game. I saw that game. That uh, that uh, field goal kicker was from Detroit. His name was Dempsey. Yeah, his oh, so last name was Dempsey. I don't remember his first name, but he he kicked that field goal. It's like sixty three or sixty four yards. It was an all time record for NFL field goals. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. remember just just I mean I just remember being in the family living room just yeah. you know, and my brothers and I all were all going crazy because we just couldn't believe yeah. that 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 just won the game just like yeah. like that. Detroit finally won one, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. well, Detroit I'm Tigers. Old. I'm I'm a, Don likes to which which you'll see here that can Don likes to razzle me quite a bit. So I'm I'm, I'm born and raised from the state of Michigan, and uh, right. Detroit Tigers don't don't have much to talk about when it comes for, for baseball and stuff like that. They don't. Uh, they don't do too well. It seems like in, in the baseball, uh, the Red Wings used to be pretty darn good. They yep. they, they kind of so Don likes to kind of rub my, my face into it. I'm like, well, I spent only half my time in Michigan, half my time in Arizona now. So he's well, got to give me a little, little bit you, of a break. Yeah. You guys are a lot younger than I am. 
So I, I, I remember all that stuff that went down. Well, how old are you now, Dan? Uh, 65. 65. And, and Don? I think I'm 56 or 7. I'm not sure. I'll yeah. get out of town. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, haven't, done the math. I haven't done the math. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to be 80 in a couple months. So Damn. I, I, I probably remember things that you guys were in uh, grade school or high school. So, yeah. but that's well, right. Again, we're, 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 we're hoping to touch on a few of those because, you know, again, I, I, I don't know how you feel about politics, but we'll, we'll jump in again, as long as you're comfortable with, with, with uh, us asking a couple of questions in that, that realm. Um, it's, the world has changed so much from when you were raised, when you were in athletics, and uh, and how. Hey, Ken, uh, Brad, Brad Reagan said you'd be drinking Bud Light. No, get, get out of town. <laughs> get out of Brad Reagan. He called me about a month and a half ago. We had a nice, about an hour talk. Yeah, how's he doing? He's doing good. He's doing good. He said that Brock Lesnar had gotten him a. Uh, an apartment up in uh, was it Fargo or yeah. somewhere in North Dakota? Hmm. Yeah, I think it was Fargo. Yeah, and uh, but he was looking forward to moving back to Minnesota, you know, sometime in the next year. Yeah, Good. yeah. But he's doing he's doing a lot better. Yeah, he had a rough go of it. What happened? Is that health wise or? Yeah, health wise. Uh, He's had so many uh, body replacements. I can I've had eleven. I think he's had like twenty five. You know, wow. just ridiculous. oh yeah, he he beat the shit out of himself. You yeah, know that yeah. that amateur wrestling. And he he didn't train with weights. He trained with a goddamn three hundred pound log. Yeah. Well, you know what it's about. Both both you guys, you know. And I, I don't know if you train like Brad did. You know, he's kind of like a, the lumberjack uh, mentality. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, yeah. well, I mean, can, well, is it okay to ask you? I mean, what are some of the body parts of surgery that, that you've had to have replace yourself? Or? Oh, I've, I've had both knees, uh, uh, my right hip, both shoulders, left elbow. Um, and then I've had surgically repaired my right wrist uh well my my left knee i had four operations on and so you know it just, it just adds up keeps adding up and well, i mean are you doing well but okay I, I the way that medicine keeps progressing what they used to do and and the more invasive type of surgeries now things are being done more and more microscopically but uh but yeah. even then it's kind of going can they actually build the what they call the six million dollar man, where you got all these different body parts onto them? I mean, do you, I, do you feel good? Uh, I'm I'm really intrigued with the the right hip because I have a right hip that's giving me some problems. As I go on, I tried doing stem cells. I'm trying to do a few other things there first before I yeah. undergo the knife. So I'm I'm really intrigued about your right hip. Well, the right hip turned out fantastic in '93. When they replaced my right hip, they told me within 10 years, I'll have to have it replaced with a new one. That never happened. I, I So that's been uh, 30 years. Wow. Because, I mean, did they say why? Well, they said the uh, 
uh, metal alloy that they used in the original hip replacement, they said that was going to wear out. And they said okay. that the socket that they had to put in uh, to the hip, you know, for the ball and socket deal, they said that probably won't last. And here it's been 30 years. And, wow. I, I, and that doctor, he's come and gone, he's dead. So, <laughs> oh, well, okay, I, can't, I guess I can't get a reference to that. <laughs> yeah, but the, the hip lived longer than the doctor. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, get, that, no, that's well, again, what again. I, I mean, I've kind of looked in, into the hip replacement thing a little bit, but when I first started looking into it, they were saying that for a 150 pound man, it will last for about eight to 10 years. And yeah. I might go on, well, that's okay for a 150 pound man, but what about a 250 plus pound man? Does, yeah. it, does that mean I get two, three years less uh, wear and yeah. tear because I'm I put a little more stress on the old ball and socket? Yeah, right. Yeah. So anyway, I, uh, I'm i having back surgery uh, on the 25th, which is what, six days? And uh I know, Don, you had back surgery, didn't you? Yeah, lots of them, lots of them. Yeah, yeah. well, this will be my first one, but I've probably needed back surgery since 1970, 1980. And that, that's when I first started thinking about having back surgery. And I went to a good friend of mine. He's an orthopedic surgeon. He's an orthopedic surgeon for the Olympic team in 72. And he's right, right here, uh, Minnesota. Well, he was Dr. Harvey O'Fallon. Uh, he passed away. Uh, oh God, I don't know, 25 years ago. But he told me the best advice that he could give me is not to have back surgery yeah. until I'm you know, probably choice. 50. Mm -hmm. Yeah, until I'm 50 or 55. And so then I went back to see him, and he had just uh, retired from uh, performing surgery, and. He said, Ken, if you can hang on for another 15, 20 years, that'll be more than worth your time. Well, then uh, <laughs> now we're going back a ways. Yeah, so, I was say that, that, that was an awful lot to ask at that point. I was just saying, can you hang on yeah, for another 10 or 15? Wow. Yeah, yeah, so now it's 2010, 2012. And my back is killing me. I can hardly stand up. I, I put one foot in front of the other. I said, fuck this shit. So I went back uh, uh, and I started talking to uh, a surgery center here in Mini uh, yeah, Minneapolis. And uh, he, uh, he said, you think, you think you really need it? I said, fuck, I'm a goddamn cripple. Yeah. He said, well, and so anyway, here it is, 2023, I'm finally having the damn surgery. Wow. Well, my, my lower back is totally destroyed. Um, and so uh, initially they were going to do the fourth and fifth lumbar, uh, put uh, go in there and brace it up and do whatever they do. Well, now... They came back and says, well, we're going to have to do a, a double um, uh, uh, bracing in there. I'm, I'm not sure. But Don, what, what do they call that when they put that metal stuff in your back? Uh, they fuse them. I get rods. I got rods, you know. Yeah. They, they fused them. Yeah. Link, um, shit. 
laminectomy or something? Uh, yeah, laminectomy, correct. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, so they have to do two of those on me now. So I'm going to have, you know, those rods and uh, everything in my back. Uh, for I can't remember if it's uh, one, two, or no, two, three, four, and five, I think he said. I could be wrong, shit. I, I, I thought I was going to have this surgery six months ago. Wow. And there's always something that then they they took me to a heart uh, clinic last week. They said, oh, I have a heart murmur. I said, what the hell? A heart murmur. And he said, well, yeah, you have an ir irregular heartbeat. I said, I've had that my whole life. Yeah. And I'm almost 80 years old. Who gives a shit <laughs> about that stuff? I said, I want my fucking back fixed. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I scared the shit out of my priority is to take care of the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After 40 years, you know, I think I deserve to have a back surgery where I don't have to have any more pain. I mean, I can't. I, if I stood up now, my bed's about four feet away. I could barely make it to my bed. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, people don't understand that when, when you're in pain, what that does. So it's, uh, yeah, like yeah. I said, my, 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 my hip, I, I, I try to put on the best game face I can, but it's kind of like going, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. How long has your hip been bothering you? Oh, over, over a couple of years now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and that, I, that, I did. I did make one trip to go and, and try stem cells, and uh, oh yeah, it it did not do the magical thing that uh, I, I I was hoping that it was going to do for me. So now did, I got to look go, at phase did two. You, did you go to that clinic down in Columbia? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Everybody that goes down there raves about it and everything. I just talked to a guy a couple hours ago, and he says, "Well." Can if this back surgery doesn't pan out, maybe we can uh, get you down to uh, Columbia, because everybody uh, that's had success down there, you know, swears by it. And I said, well, yeah, well, again, that's where I, yeah, that, I, that the deal that they'll, they'll probably have as long because you're you're looked upon as like a, as an influencer because you're you you you've done so well in in your, yeah. your professions that uh, a lot of people will listen to your advice. And when they said that, you know, I, I, so that's the deal I had with them. When they did not see me posting anything, like, oh, well, you know, what's the deal? I go, well, my mother raised me that if you can't say something nice, maybe you shouldn't say nothing at all. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so that's why I said, I said, that's why I, I said, I could simply, I could post something, but you may not like what I post. Okay. Yeah. So I just decided maybe I shouldn't say nothing at all. Well, I had a buddy, I, I had a buddy push me in there in a wheelchair and I walked out two hours later. You know, and then walked around the mall for two hours, you know, and I hadn't done that in a decade, you know, walked for two hours and yeah. did that one oh. day and then come back and did it again the next day. You know, so I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in it. You know, it worked, worked for me, worked for me. Okay. Now that was, uh, in Columbia. Yes, sir. Yeah. Same place. Yeah, the, the, the exact same place that we're, that we're, that we're all talking about. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, if this doesn't pan out, I'll try that one next. By that time, I'll be ninety. Yeah. <laughs> you got. I mean, to, to me, it's like people, people always wonder, it's like because you know, you got to look at what are what are the average lifespans for a man, what are the average lifespans for a woman, you know, and and then no. you know, to me, there's more and more uh, information out there. There are more and more centurions. People that are 100 plus years of age take a place oh, yeah. as long as you can take care of yourself. Now, 
Now, Ken, you didn't exactly live a normal life, nor did Don or myself. So it's kind of like going, well, you put a little bit more wear and tear, but uh, is it too late to, to start doing things, even at whether it be at 88, 80 years of age here right now, to where you just start doing, you, you get things fixed, you keep eating yeah. right, you keep taking in the right type of fluids and things of nature, to where it's like, yeah, you might, you might get a few more, what I call bonus rounds, you know, overtime. Yeah. Right. I always refer to, refer to like amateur wrestling. Take, I'm going to take father time. He's going to win eventually, but yeah. I can take him into overtime. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I, uh, yeah, my longevity is on my side with my family, my grandparents. All four of my grandparents lived to be in their 90s. Oh, and, wow. And uh, my mom was 90 and my dad was 89. And uh, my oldest brother, Jack, the one that was a football coach, uh, he uh, almost 86, but he died of pancreatic cancer that just, you know, just ate him alive. But I'll tell you, he was a healthy horse. He would have been in his mid nineties if he hadn't uh, died of that pancreatic uh, cancer. So I, I, I feel that I have uh, father time on my side a little bit more uh than the average uh you know yeah. horse so we'll wait and see <laughs> yeah, i know you I... guys have been through the ringer well that's your own fault though you went in there and beat each other up for all those uh, uh, no I, I, okay jack <laughs> I, i'll stop i'll stop right there i go oh mr fry mr fry he's yes, he's the one that uh i think he wanted to test it's like metal metallurgy you know, yeah. the, 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 it's the, the the one. The, I'll just bring up one one fight that that, that Don had. Don, Don was involved with in a match that is still today looked upon as the most viewed combat match in history, and that is his match against Takiyama in Pride, or yeah. literally. They they, yeah. they 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 almost jog towards each other, and as they get within arm's reach, they're starting to punch. To the point that they each have a collar tie, and they're simultaneously yeah. punching each other in that in the face, yeah. playing like a game of chicken. It's kind of like going, "I'm punching you in the face, you son of a gun! You are you gonna quit?" And the other one's like, "No, you son of a gun! You, I'm gonna keep yeah. punching you in the face until you quit." And, yeah, uh, I, I I remember I've seen that oh. I don't know ten twelve times at least. That yeah. was fantastic, great entertainment. Thank you. Yeah. I kind of it wasn't until like a week or so after Don's match that I finally got a chance to watch this watch the match. And then I call him up and I I'm like going, Don, I go, what was going through your mind other than Takiyama's fist? Okay. <laughs> you know, like, we're not we're we're not trying to play, you know, who's who's going to be uh Who's gonna be the 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 the, the bo most boneheaded individual here? I, yeah, I go right. Yeah, it was like getting a getting a phone call from my mom. Why were you doing that? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I believe your mom. Why were you thinking? Why yeah. were you thinking? No, yeah. Dan. Dan's phone call was like getting a phone call from my mom. You know, he, yeah. he's, What are you doing, boy? What is wrong with you? I didn't well, raise, I, 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 didn't raise I, I, you to that like that. Well, the, yeah. the, the the thing, okay, can I mean I've known Don for so long. He he lived with a couple of my younger brothers, so I know Don much like yeah. much like a younger brother. And I, I I get after my younger brother the same way I get after Don at times. You know, I want the guy to be around it for a long time. 
Yeah. Even though, even if he is a contact, it could cantankerous bastard. So I, that's all right. <laughs> He's not old enough to be cantankerous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know. Well, again, when you look at the most, again, they go into that that political ramifications. It's kind of going. What's the worst thing in the world to be? An old white guy that actually has a job who still who woke up this morning and identified as still being a man. You know, <laughs> you know. I keep thinking like when these when these people come up and go, oh, no, no, I want to be a, I want to be a, you know, I, I, I need to be an opposite gender. I need to be a female today. I, I need to jump into uh, women's uh, swimming here right now. So because I can't cut it in the men's sport of uh, men's swimming. Or right. <laughs> well, again, they've got they've got men uh men that that are now transgender that are power lifters in the female sector right now and they're they're stealing all of their their uh records that they can you know well, I'll what, tell what's, you, your, what's your thoughts on that one? Well, you know Target stores, the you know the big retail outlet Target, right? Target, they're, yeah. They're based here in Minnesota. That, as a matter of fact, their her their headquarters just a stone throw away from me. And um, my, uh, an old girlfriend of mine calls me and says, Ken, what do you think about Target stores? I said, well, I like them. Why? Well, you're not going to like them anymore. She went on, rattled all this crap off about what they're doing with uh, these gender uh, type clothing, you know, for little boys and stuff. And she told me oh. all that shit. I could not believe it. This is just three, four months ago. I said, when the hell did they start that? She says, I don't know, but it's recently. <laughs> I haven't been to Target since. No. <laughs> well, again, I, I look at it as like people have to decide whether they're going to buy it or not. And then I go, well, it's just like Budweiser. Yeah, yeah, when you see what, what when you see what happened to them, and they they did that little they like let's embrace this, and we got this new uh, spokesperson here for us, and now look what look how much money that cost them by by making that kind of move. Okay, About nine nine billion, ten billion. Hey, I got I got no problem spending a couple you know five dollars extra uh, to support a local person, you know, as opposed to yeah. to um you know the 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 franchises you know i i you can gladly have my money you know yeah right i i, I drink miller light but i also drink a lot of uh you know local beers you yeah. know so they're good they're good beers right. Right. You know, like you say they're a couple bucks more but who gives a shit yeah who gives a shit because you're putting the money back into the community and that, that's right your people your people in that community too you know and they probably think about the same things you know the same way yeah, exactly. Well, I don't want everybody to think exactly how I think. Otherwise, this might be a screwed up world. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, we don't want it. We don't want people throwing boulders to the McDonald's. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's enough of that. That's enough yeah. of that. Because don't give anybody any ideas. <laughs> I don't think they can. I don't think they can pick it up. You know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Can't yeah. toss a little pebble anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah. What the fuck? What were you thinking when you did that, Ken? I didn't throw it. No, I, you didn't. No, I, I swear to God, I was there. I never got convicted of throwing a rock through a window yeah. because the, the, you know, the, the girl, uh, the, the kid that was uh, working the window that night uh, at McDonald's, 
he come to the window and says, uh, can I help you, sir? And I said, well, I'd like to get some of those quarter pound cheeseburgers. And he said, well, I'm sorry, we're closed. I said, well, what the hell? You got a whole tray of them over there. And he said, that's for a TV uh, commercial that we're shooting. And I looked a little closer and they had TV cameras, two or three, and there were about five or six people milling around. That's what they were doing. They were doing a commercial. Next thing I know, this kid comes up alongside of me. I didn't see him. All I saw was this, well, it wasn't that big of a rock, about 15, 20 pounds, whatever, comes smashing through the side window. And I looked at him. I said, what the fuck are you doing, man? He said, those son of a bitches are assholes. They fired me last week. And he goes, he runs off, you know, I'm gonna, I figured they'd get on his bicycle or something, nothing. Because I mean, this McDonald's was in the middle of nowhere. And because I, I had walked from the uh, hotel down uh, to McDonald's to get the hamburgers. Saito couldn't walk because Mad Dog Vachon had busted his knee up so bad with a steel chair earlier that night. And uh, so that left me to go. And then I, I just turned around. I said, hell with it. I walked back up to the hotel. Half an hour later, here comes the cops uh, knocking on my door. Uh, Mr. Patera, we heard that you were down at McDonald's and you threw a rock through the window. I said, well, hold on, hold on. I was at McDonald's. I'll admit that. I said the kid that waited on me knew who I was. He even asked me if I was Ken Patera, and I said, yeah. So I said, but I, as far as that rock, I said, and I told them the same story that I just told you guys. And uh, they said, well, that's not what he told us. I said, well, go back and ask him then. Well, they did go back and ask him that he verified that I wasn't the one that threw the damn right. rock. Yeah. So, uh, and so, you know, how the, it's an urban legend now. This is 1984. What is that, 40 years ago? Mm -hmm. And we're still talking about that shit, Don Fry. I'll tell you. <laughs> no, I got it from the horse's mouth, man. Shit. Well, well okay, you said it was, it was a good-sized rock that he threw there. I mean, probably, you know, you, you had a shot-putting uh, career there as well. So, I mean, it, it, it could have been it could have been there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm not out shot putting rocks through McDonald's <laughs> windows, trust me. And uh, so anyway, that uh, and I tell everybody, I said, well, why don't you look at the uh, court report? You know, I was never convicted. I was exonerated from being the one that threw the rock. Oh, well, we didn't know that. And I says, well, fucking read the real story. You know, don't read what you read in the goddamn newspapers. Shit. Well, there's, there's also called the the Inquirer uh, news, yeah, newspaper well, web, that is that that they embellish every story. You got alien women having alien babies in whole nine yards. My my mother right. used to love that paper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the Inquirer boy, they made a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, by lying. They probably had had to have a lot of fun just putting that paper together because it was it was all kind of misleading. <laughs> in so oh many yeah, different totally. Direction. Everything was misleading. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. Only because I see she. So, uh, have you always been uh, chew? Okay. Do you do what kind of tobacco do you do? Copenhagen. 
Nope, really. So that was my father. The thing is, my father would have a cup with him at all times. Okay, yeah, Coke, Coke. That's what my father did. And but but when he was in a in public areas, I never saw that man spit. He would never carry a cup in in public areas. But I never seen a spit on like, oh my god, is that going down? I'm making. Yeah. I, I think I did Copenhagen once. And that was I was I was cured. I was cured of it. Yeah. 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 yeah my grandfather never spit. spit. He he was uh, from. Um, <laughs> oh, he was from Stockholm, Sweden. Yeah, not too far from Copenhagen, Denmark. And he he never spit. And he was uh, like ninety six. Yeah, when he passed away. Hell, he roofed his house when he was like eighty eight. You know, nice. it was a big fucking house, too. I mean, he had to go up an extension ladder to get to the road. You know, he'd throw a, you know, 100-pound uh, bag uh, of shingles, of shingles, of shingles. Up, up the letter. I, I watched him. I was just a kid. I was like, you know, 14, 15 years old in high school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you do have some good genes when you, when you can say 14, stuff, tell stories like that. Old. That's good genes. 14, 15 years old, and you're watching him work. Why didn't you get your ass up on the ladder? He wouldn't let me. He said, said, I asked him, he said, no, it's too dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. Oh, he was an old, tough Swede. Yeah. Yeah. Now you definitely got you got some great uh you got some great great genes there. Uh, that's 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 for sure there, Ken. All right, so let's let's go. So going from you're doing your, your track and field stint, then you then you're jumping into the the weightlifting and, and or, or Olympic lifting. So that that was your transition. Again, and correct me if, if I'm wrong on that, because I I was I trying to do a little bit of homework there to see because you've been doing so you've been doing so many different things for so many decades. It's kind of yeah. like going, wow. Okay, I, I like the fact that you do a track and field. It, it actually shocked me when I saw high hurdles. Yeah. That's why I was I, I started high high hurdling and high jumping my freshman year in high school. I was only five nine, weighed 160 pounds. I could I could stuff a basketball when I was five nine it, it, in the eighth wow. grade. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you talk about this? I mean, you weren't even you you probably had never heard of plyometrics how to develop explosive leg power. You just naturally had you you're given that for as a gift of birth. Yeah, I, I used to jump rope for, oh, God, I don't know, an hour at a time out on the back patio of my parents' house. And then they had an eave that was 10 feet high. And I finally touched that when I was in the seventh grade, that 10 feet. And by the time I was in the eighth grade, uh, the last day of school, I stuffed a basketball. The last wow. day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was that was your that was your big goal there, wasn't it? Just I, yeah, I, I got yeah, I, I was five nine. I didn't turn. I didn't become. I was five ten my freshman year. Yeah. So I was five nine. Yeah. And no, no, nobody saw. I go out for the basketball team uh, my freshman year in high school, and we're doing these you know drills that you you know you're you're running down, you catch the ball, and you do a layup. Uh-huh. Well, I didn't do a layup. I stuffed the damn thing. The basketball coach went, whoa, what'd you just do? <laughs> wow. Because I have big hands and I could you know, 
palm the ball real easy. And so, boom, you know, I didn't think nothing of it. You know, it startled the coach. He said, God, I've never seen anybody do that at your age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'll get out. I'm going to share a story with you. On the flip side of this, I, I have two sons. And, and uh, I should say three sons, but two that played basketball, they both could stuff the basketball, at, at, again, as being freshmen. They yeah. could do that. Now, they didn't get that gene from me because if, if <laughs> I jump up there, I'll be lucky if I could touch the bottom of the net. I'll be lucky <laughs> if I could touch the bottom of the net. I'm yeah. thinking they, they got that from mama. That's where they got that. They yeah. didn't get that one from me at, at whatsoever. Exactly. So, yeah, But I, I, I did practice jumping, you know, for about a year. You know, like I say, I, I jump rope for an hour at a time and then I, you know, jump up and touch that eve or oh. try to touch it for about a year. Then I finally did it. Yeah. Well, in, in track and field, how high did you get in, in your high jump there? Because I'm just, if you're doing this in basketball, how high did you get in high jump? Well, I, 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 I high jump 6'1. Uh, Holy moly. Yeah. If 5'9, to see, walk up that bar and see it over your head, how yeah. does one get motivated? Wow. Yeah. Well, get this. Now, my my uh, sophomore year at Brigham Young University, I was a shot putter by that time. This is like six years later. I was six, one and a half. I weighed 280 pounds. I high jumped six, two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you, you, yeah. you don't see people built like that doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, no. they're, they're usually long, lean, slender yeah. type individuals. How much, how much did you weigh? 275, 280. I think I weighed 280 at that time, my sophomore year at Brigham Young. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I was six, one and a half. I never made it to six two, Don. Yeah. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> I lied. I lied about the six two or six one. Shit. I, yeah. don't, I don't know how tall I ever ended up being. Shit. Yeah. I know I'm on the way down now. Yeah. Well, we all are. I think I'm about five ten. Yeah. Yeah, maybe five ten, maybe a half. Yeah, yeah. let's call it five ten and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Who who knows? But yeah, when I was at Brigham Young, they they measure your height and your weight uh, the beginning of every year. I mean, it's mandatory for everybody. So hmm. I know exactly what I was. Yeah. Did did you what, what did you pursue uh, education wise at, at Brigham Young? What were you pursuing oh, it? Well, history and phys ed. I, I was a double major. Yeah, and uh, phys ed. And then I graduated and. Uh, you know, I'll tell you how I graduated. I didn't graduate at when I was at Brigham Young. When I left there, I needed six credits, six credits to get my degree. So when I went to prison for not throwing the fucking rock, Don Fry. No, you went to prison for beating the shit out of some female cop, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This guy's impossible. This guy's impossible. Hey, Ken, I know that. Okay, I've been, I've been telling her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chief's, the chief's daughter who wanted to be a cop. Yeah, no, she's the daughter of the coroner. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the coroner's office was uh, just below the judge's chambers. Oh, geez. In the same building. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and, they, had, uh, they had dinner together every Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Ab absolutely. They did. They had been friends for like 30 years. 
Yeah. Yeah. So his little blonde di- da- daughter uh, uh, picked a fight with a bunch of bad wrestlers. The thing it. is, when she jumped on my back, I had no idea it was. There's only 16 of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, that's what I was told afterwards. And that's what, it, you know, when we went to court, they, they verified there were 16 uh, police officers that got badly beat up by uh, Masanori Saido. Uh, from uh, Japan and Ken yeah. Patera, ex-Olympian, uh, ex-Olympian from the uh, United States. I said, well, thanks for putting all the credentials in there. <laughs> <laughs> you, wow. You, you forgot shot putter and eye jumper. <laughs> yeah, right. They should have said, yeah, the high hurdler, and the high jumper, and the <laughs> shot putter, the discus thrower, the hammer thrower, the yeah, weight lifter, the wrestler, that, 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 you know. <laughs> They left out all the good stuff. That's right. <laughs> they wouldn't give you too much credit. So, uh, no, no so, they didn't want to give me any credit at all. So there's 16. How many of them are female? Just the one. Just the one? <laughs> yeah, she, she came down. Hey, you ready for this? Yeah. She was 5'10", five, five, weighed 125 pounds. Good. And she has a 357 Magnum on her hip. The gun was as big as she was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's the one that started the whole thing. She pulled oh, out the mace, yeah. the mace Saido. While Saido was standing in front of me in the hallway, and I was in the doorway. Saido sees what she's doing. He ducks, and she maces me. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I Have you ever been maced? No. No. Oh, God. Oh, no. Burnt the shit out of my eyes. I, I I just lost focus of everything. I couldn't see anything. Right, right. And uh, next thing I know, all these fucking cops are whacking me with their billy clubs. And uh, so Saito, uh, I don't think I hit anybody. I think Saito just stacked all 16 of them up. <laughs> he, he had them stacked up. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, but I think I whacked a well, I have to admit, I did whack a couple after I was able to see something, but. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she jumped on my back after she maced me because I turned around. I couldn't see nothing. She jumps on my back. I'm in the doorway of the room. And she tries to gouge my fucking eye. I said, what the hell is this? Yeah. So I reached back with my elbow, knocked her off. And the hallway was only about four feet wide. So she went flying up and hit her head on the wall. Knocked <laughs> Yeah, knocked herself. She said she was completely knocked out. Then after that, she told me or told the court that she was fighting, fighting with me after I knocked her out. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, maybe uh, maybe in La La Land she was fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So supposedly she says I picked her up and body slammed her and dropped four or five elbows on her when she was face down in the hallway. Right. I just fabricated the whole bullshit. You know. Yeah, while the other 15 cops stood around and watched, you just dropping elbows. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. While the other 15 cops were whacking me with their billy clubs. <laughs> yeah. yeah wow. you, had, you had time to stand up and drop an elbow. I'll tell you an interesting thing. The, the, the cop uh, that was with her, uh, he was a guy. His name was John Dillinger. <laughs> swear to god i'm thinking john dillinger the the criminal yeah they got gunned down in saint paul yeah same guy 
I said, well, it's not the same guy, but same name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, he had the name of a criminal. Yeah. And they're after me. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Often I'm imitated, sure. but never duplicated. I'm sure he lied like a criminal in the court case, too. No, he was a real nice guy. Really? Yeah, she's the one, that little bitch is the one that lied about everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, she lied about everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping elbows on you. <laughs> yeah. You know, she died about 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, I was so happy to hear that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would just chuckle. Yeah. It's, well, yeah, it, it's it's part of what you call karma. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think she died when she was in her late fifties, early sixties, and uh, thank God, you know, she didn't get to spend all my money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah. I get it. That there's a. I, I'm a big believer in karma, and there's sometimes I go, I just want a big old bag of popcorn and sit. Front row, center seat. When it happens to some of yeah. those people, yes, it, exactly. Because I'm yeah. not gonna feel sorry for them at all. Yeah, but the rest yeah. of the cops were uh, pretty decent uh, guys. You know, I never had any trouble with cops. Never. I I have a couple friends now that are cops. They're, one of them's retired, but he was uh, pretty good friends with that Chauvin, the one that uh, uh, snuffed out. Uh, George Floyd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that happened 15 minutes from where I live. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, just down the street. Yeah. You yeah. say that he was one of the couple officers that were there on the scene? No, he wasn't there. He had, he knew uh, oh. Joe, the, the guy. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Got you. Okay. He was a state trooper, actually. He, he'd been retired. Yeah. Yeah. But what a fiasco that was. What a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, there's there's, there's good people, bad people in every single industry. And and that's that's what people, I mean, you got to look at it that way. And there's, there's uh, the, the sad part about law enforcement, they will qualify with their handgun. They'll even qualify with their taser, mace, stuff like that every every few years. But uh they're, they're going to be hands-on more than anything, and that's one of the least things that they train. I yeah. always I, I say that there, Kenneth, because I, since 1994, I, I should say since 95, I've actually been, been physically teaching a ground combatives class yeah. for law enforcement and corrections. Each one's yeah. a little bit differently, only because of the uniform and the equipment that they wear on, on the duty belt and that. Yeah, But, uh, you know, it's... I will, in the last four or five years, I have not signed a single certificate. I have another gentleman that who is a commander who, uh, from from corrections and, and law enforcement that will he'll he'll speak to them. He'll get the classes all set up. I'll go in and teach him, and out of let's say twenty to thirty that show up, I would probably sign maybe four or five certificates. That's it. Yeah. The rest of them I would flunk because of. Physically, what showed up? Exactly. They, they're they not capable of doing it properly. No. Yeah. I mean, the, the scary part, I mean, law, law enforcement is one thing, because usually the, the ratio of how many bad people versus, you know, the, the officers, it, it, it's, it's a closer equation. But when you work in law enforcement, you are outnumbered. You could be like one officer to every 150 inmates. 
Yeah, exactly. You think you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna take on 150 inmates? I don't think so. No, you know. no, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, that's the problem with that. You know, it's nice to know, you know, how to protect yourself to a certain extent, but when you're overwhelmed by numbers, yeah, you know, then you gotta pull out the big old six shooter and go bang, bang, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, 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 because realize. That's you only got six rounds. Yeah, you know, right. <laughs> sheer numbers is like going. Well, it sucks to be you. You take the first person, you yeah. use them as a, as a body shield. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, gotta grab a cup of. Yeah, we'll we'll keep on going, even though Don had to step away there because he probably had to uh, uh, use the restroom or something like that. Yeah, right. Usually, yeah. when when he steps on up, he's got uh, he's got one of these. Uh, Little girly bladders up. I'll put yeah, it like right. that. <laughs> but right. I, I again, I, I want to get right. I, I want to get back into you because you, of your family background stuff like that. Having there are four males totally. You said three other three other brothers and yourself. So there's four males, and you all had athletic careers, whether yeah. it be for football or, or did anyone else wrestle like you did? Uh, do the professional wrestling or? Do any of the weightlifting or uh, Olympic lifting, I should say, or any of the strongman type contests? No, I was the only one that did the weightlifting. The, the other three just love football. They live okay. for football. You know, they're just football players, and uh, they're all good at it. I mean, did, did they all go like to college on like uh, athletic scholarships? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that's that, yeah, that's and, my. My middle brother, he he went on an academic and um, athletic scholarship. And uh, Jack, uh, my oldest brother, he was a Phi Beta Kappa in college and uh, Dean's honor roll and all that shit. I, I, I never excelled to that height scholastically, you know. Yeah. I, I was kind of, middle, you know, uh, 2.5 average, you know, C yeah, plus but, average. Yeah, no, no, I mean, what, 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 Ken, I mean, it's... I again. I said I, I got seven other siblings. Siblings. I'm second on the total poll. The five males. Uh, uh, my my uh, my brothers and I. All five seven males went to college on full athletic scholarship for the sport of amateur wrestling. Yeah. And and then my my three sisters basically went to college on full academic scholarship. So I always tell people I'm an athlete with a brain and not a dumb jock because trust me, I've worked with a lot of dumb jocks and I'm like, going, oh my God, yeah, yeah. what is this poor guy going to do when the next four years is gone? They yeah. aren't going to be anywhere because all, oh. they're, they're just here because they can, they can shoot hoops, run, run that pig skin into the end zone or, or whatever yeah. have you right there. It's like going four, yeah. four years and, and done. Bye bye. Back, back in the 60s, uh, when I was in college, that's how it was. Uh, I I wasn't expected to graduate, you know. I, I did, you know, thank God. Really, you, really you, you weren't expected to, huh? No. Hell, my other three brothers, they all graduated. We all graduated uh, from college, you know, and I have a lot of friends that I, that I uh, played sports with in college. Shit, I don't think they ever finished their sophomore year, you know, wow. uh, scholastically. That, and then that, here comes graduation day. Uh, you know, they, they weren't in the graduating class. <laughs> they yeah. spent four, four freaking years in college. Yeah. And, you know, that's how it was. Yeah, no, I, no I, I, I literally, I mean, well, be, 
but by, I'll say by my sophomore year, because I was already involved in, uh, yeah, in, in, in the fall, I was a football player. In uh, the wintertime, I was a wrestler, amateur wrestler. And then in the spring, I was a track and field guy. I, I went off the track myself, but um, the track, the track coach knew that I, if there was a track meet on the same day on, on that weekend, that there was an amateur wrestling event because there, there'd be freestyle wrestling or rec room wrestling. He was never going to see me, but I let him know that ahead of time that I'm going out for, for track. And yeah. if there's never, never a conflict, I'll be at the track meets. But uh, if there's a recipe, bye bye. And, and or he was he was mad at me because just like you, I did run high and high and low hurdles. I even did the uh, uh, I, I did the shot put. And yeah. um, what what kind of distance did you throw in that shot? I, I'm I'm really curious about this right now because you said uh, you threw little, shot as well. A little over twenty meters, so six sixty five eleven and a half. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was say, good back then. I'm trying to think what what the actual record would have been because I think that the record was around I'll say 72 or 73 feet or something of that at nature. At that time, uh, uh, Randy Matson held it. It was 70, 70 feet, 70 feet three inches, six okay. inches, something like yeah, that. Yeah, again, I just I just I knew it was it was that 70, but I I, I again I, yeah. I don't that's been so so long ago that uh, and again I don't know if it uh, if that's been broken at, at this point in time because there was did you do the the slide the, the slide or were you doing yeah. the, the the spin with the the O'Brien spin that, that came in? No, we, we didn't have the spin at that time. We had the O'Brien Perry O'Brien uh, glide. Yep, we called it. There's a kid from Oregon now, uh, Ryan Krausner, big kid about six seven six eight. He he just set the new world record. It was like sixty seven feet. Holy moly. 77. 77 feet. He That's incredible. The, yeah, it was wow. just a couple months ago. Yeah. And yeah. I looked at that. I said, 77 feet. I said, holy shit. I threw six, almost 66 feet. You know, it's 11 feet difference. Wow. I said, that guy couldn't even pick up what I used to press over my head. <laughs> well, again, that, well, again, but that, again, that, that's that's what's incredible about your career. That when when you're doing like the 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 powerlifting, Olympic lifting, the the only one that that I think beat you was the the, the one Russian. Yeah, um, yeah I can't think of the name, but he was a very he was a very comical Russian because of, of what he could do. I mean, but he just uh, the weight that he could put up, he could clean and snatch over his head. Wow. Yeah. Well, I was the first American to clean and press over 500 and clean and jerk over 500. And at, at that time, he was doing like 515. He was doing like 10 pounds more than I was able to do. And uh, so in 69, uh, I beat him. Then I hurt my knee in 70 and my knee never healed up. It was just, you know, this is the thing about a lot of people aren't aware of this. 1970, an amateur athlete, didn't matter what sport you're in, but an amateur athlete in the United States didn't have no support. We weren't allowed to take any uh, kind of money from anybody. No sponsorship. You're on your own. You Correct. are a true American amateur athlete. And we're going to keep it that way. 
that was uh, from the president of the IOC, which is Internet International Olympic Committee. His yep. name was Avery Brundage. Avery Brundage. He was a fucking asshole. He was a multi multi millionaire. Yeah. Okay. But but that rule that rule really only pertained to America, I swear, because exactly the, when you look at the Russian or or the old Eastern Bloc countries, they would you would be you'd be uh, you you would be in their military, but you had never saw any military duty. You're no. being you're, so you're being paid and you're being fed and but you, you go you better train. Yeah, and you, and you and not only you better train, you better win because otherwise we're gonna send you to the gulag. Okay. Yes. Well, hell, my competitor, uh, uh, Vasily Alexiev, he had a brand new uh, 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 stretch uh, Mercedes Benz in, in his garage. He had all tailor-made clothes. Well, he was a big guy. But I mean, you know, he, he was living the life of Riley over there in Russia. I'm over here toiling. I mean, I was in the back 40. I was plowing the field and I was just, you know, beating the cows and, you know, but, you know, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I never had any uh, support. Absolutely none. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I understand how that goes, especially, you know, the farm life. I, I, again, having the brothers and sisters, I grew up on a farm, so you you named the animal. Yeah. We raised it, but you didn't give it a pet name because sooner or later it's going to be on your plate, you know. That, that's right. <laughs> and because I I one 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 of my jobs was milking Peggy, the family milk cow, and I did that for I don't know seven eight years. And when Pe Peggy finally got too old, well, they turned her into Peggy into hamburger. Okay, yeah, yes. exactly. So, yeah, my, my grandparents had farms, you know, so I, I, I was on the farm quite a bit, but my parents lived in the city. Uh, my dad was a baker. He owned his own bakery. Oh, and, nice. Uh, Mom was a you know, homekeeper, you know, she had five little assholes, uh, uh, four boys and one daughter. <laughs> and so she had her hands full, you know. It There's was a, a lot of testosterone there in that family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my dad used to get up at like five in the no shit four in the yeah, morning. Yeah, I say yeah. Usually, open the uh, uh, bakery, start baking the bread early in the morning, so when the customers come in, you have nice fresh bread. God, that bread the, is fantastic. Oh, the smell, the smells of a bakery. I mean, I love going into a bakery and stuff like that, just because the 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 aroma. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, why 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 can't they make any kind of air sauce sprays that smells like? Bakery fresh uh, right out of the oven. Oh yeah, that, it'd be a million dollar sell, uh, seller. It, yeah. it would. Yeah. It, it, well, yeah. again, there, there's there's uh, in real estate, they even say that if you put some kind of like bread or muffins or something like that in the oven, just to get a little bit of that aroma in there, your your chances of selling that home have increased a great deal. Yeah. Because again, they they, they feel like. Oh, they just, they just, they're, they're just not aware of it, but it's kind of like, it makes sense to me. Exactly. You know? I live a hundred miles north of the Twin Cities. Now, before I sold my house down there, I had everything was, you know, perfect. I moved up here. I'm out in the country. I'm in the wilderness, you know, tracking bear and 
mountain lion, all that shit, you know, about, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night. So I don't have too much time. I have to get out there and catch the animals, you know, before they, what, 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 uh, what do you, I mean, what, what, uh, okay. What season is it in and what, are, what, are, what are you going after right now? I mean, do you, do you still hunt? Do you still hunt now or? Oh, whatever, whatever's available. You know, okay. not, not, not too much right now. It's too hot. Okay. Yeah. It was like, 85 degrees today you know shit uh, no animals come out this time of day actually well, my, my, it's my my nephew and my uh, son-in-law they're the they're the real hunters yeah but yeah we go we got everything out here in these fucking woods <laughs> actually i'm kind of afraid to go out in the woods <laughs> well i i'd be a little bit hesitant especially if you if you got better like what you say you have i mean in, in, in michigan oh, yeah. The, where, where, I'm, where I'm at in the, the uh, Coldwater, Michigan, it, it's a small area, but even where I grew up, New Loaf, Michigan, there was never, there was never any bear. You know, maybe in the, in the northern part, you, you'd see some bear. You know, upper peninsula, you, you'd definitely see some bear, but not uh, not down in the lower half. You would, uh, yeah, you know, like you see. There's bear here. Yeah, there's bear. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, but. A lot, uh, lot of deer. As a matter yeah. of fact, two weeks after I moved up here, about a year and a half ago, what do I do? Nailed a deer right on the highway out about a mile from my house. I just smashed the shit out of my uh, uh, car. Did you total it? Yeah, I'm sitting there on the uh, highway, a just two lane highway. Uh huh. This kid pulls up behind me in a big pickup truck. He gets out and comes up. He said, Are you all right? Here, I got the goddamn. Sorry about that. That's all right. We didn't miss you, Don. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bit. <laughs> that that airbag opened up, and there's all kinds of powder in it. I had that shit all over me, and the guy says, "Are you all right?" And I says, "Yeah, I think so." I said, uh, "What the hell did I hit?" He said, "Oh, well, you hit a deer." He said, "You killed it." I says, "Good, that son of a bitch." <laughs> so. so anyway. Luckily, I was only a mile from my house, so he he got me home and everything, and that was it. Okay, okay. The question is, did did you did you keep the deer? Was it was it was it was the deer good enough to keep for? No, I I think no. It was only maybe a hundred pounds, hundred ten oh. pounds. No, I killed that son of a bitch dead. No, he just drug it off the highway. I said, how big a deer was that? He said, little one. He said, but he destroyed the front of your car. <laughs> well, Ken, I had the exact same experience just just last summer. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I, I'm driving in through uh, the, the state of, of Wyoming. Now, oh, yeah. Wyoming's speed limit is 80 miles an hour. Yeah, I know. All right. Yeah. So, okay. So that means I'm doing 85. Yeah, right. maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit faster. Maybe, maybe you know, I, I, I don't want to say nothing that's going to incriminate me here now. But let's say I'm doing a good full eighty plus miles an hour. When bam, I hit that thing. It it just it just jumped out of ravine, and by the time it, it was coming down, and just like you, the airbag went off. I go, yeah. why is there stuff? Why is there stuff like in in that airbag? What? Well, well, you shouldn't. Why is there white powder stuff like that? You know, you, it's like well, it should have been yeah. just air. Why do you, Why do you need to, to look like Casper the Ghost when it's all over? You, right. you might be looking in the mirror, wonder if if that's your spirit that you're looking at her now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that shit was all over me. God, 
Yeah. That was that was crazy. Well, let's let's jump into professional wrestling here right now. Yes. What yes. what what was what was the lure? I mean, did you have an interest into it, or did someone just simply come to you to say, because of your size, because of your athletic ability, because you would, would have been a shoe in for all this? Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, nineteen fifty three, uh, Portland wrestling came on the local TV, and that was the same. It came on the same week we actually got a television set. We had never had a you know, the magic box never had one. Nobody in the neighborhood had one. We were the first one to get TV. Oh my. So, so did you, did yeah. you have Grey Poupon in your refrigerator too? Or? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was 10 years old, and the first show I see was Portland Wrestling, you know, Portland Roughhouse Wrestling, yeah. Uh, tough Tony Bourne and Kurt Von Poppenheim and a uh, few Art Thomas and uh, no, not not uh, yeah, Art Thomas, yeah, big black guy. So anyway, I got a real interested, you know, and I had all my friends over. You know, I had six or seven kids from the neighborhood in every every Saturday morning, jumping off the couch. We destroyed my parents' house and uh, broke all the furniture, of course. And well, then the, the couch, the couch was the perfect place to take one of your brothers and body slam them on, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. what we did. Yeah. Same thing happened in the Severn household. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And so wait, anyway, wait. when you all turn to when you all turn to pro athletes, you buy a mom and dad a new couch. No, <laughs> no, no. No, they didn't want to shed the my, my parents were fairly well off, you know. <laughs> No, they could have used a few extra bucks, but I was too stingy. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, then about an, uh, a day uh, or the next week, the Olympic Games came on from Helsinki, Finland, from the 52 Olympics. Now it's 1953. Well, back in those days, there was no technology. They had to wait a whole year in order to telecast that uh, Olympic game. So the when the weightlifting came on, I was just uh, mesmerized. I was only 10 years old. And here these guys come out lifting these big horrendous weights, you know, and boom, boom, boom. And one guy that caught my imagination, he was from Detroit, Michigan, Dan. And you probably have heard of this guy, Norbert Shemansky. Norbert Shemansky. Now again, yeah. that, that name doesn't doesn't ring a bell offhand, but go yeah. go ahead, continue. Please. He was three, maybe four time Olympian, yeah. and uh, that was in the light heavyweight championship. Anyway, he wound up winning wow. the gold. Yeah. Again, okay, this would be a three or four time Olympian. You're looking at a span of, you know, yeah, yeah 12, 12 to sixteen years yeah, right now. 12, wow, 15, Yeah, I think it's fifteen years because he had back surgery. And missed the 56 Olympics. So he was in the 48, the 52, and 60 and 64. Wow. Yeah. So he That's was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He was incredible. He just passed away a couple of years ago. He was like 95, 96. Oh, good genes anyway, again. I got, to, I got to know him real well. Really a nice guy. But uh, uh, then, I was, uh, when I, in 1961, I, I was 17. I just turned 17 when I graduated from high school and somebody, I, 
somebody talked me into joining Sam, Sam LePrinzi's gym. It was just up the street, not less than a mile up the street. So I walked up there one day, walked in the place and uh, met Sam, the owner. And he was one of, he was, uh, you remember Steve Reeves? Yeah, yeah, Superman. Yeah, yeah. well, Sam placed second to Steve Reeves, but Sam won the most muscular uh, uh, man in uh, America at the for Mr. America contest in 1948 or 49. And Sam was only like five, 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 six, maybe. And great guy though. So he, and you know, he knew my brother and he, he knew about the Patera family and everything. So I got a gym membership there. Well, after about a month, I see all these big, hairy, ugly people coming in, you know, uh, lifting weights and going stinking up the steam room and, uh, I find out there. You fell in love when they joined them, huh? You fell in love when they joined them, huh? Yeah. That's 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 a job for me. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, I got to know them, and uh, like I said, it was in 1961. So I, uh, uh, but the, you know, they're all good guys, and uh, one of them. Turns out to be the Sheik, not the Detroit Sheik, Sheik Ednan L. Casey. But at that time, he was Billy White Wolf. He was an American Indian <laughs> right out of Baghdad, Iraq. <laughs> he says, God, he said, uh, are you going to college? I said, yeah. He said, boy, you're big enough to really be a good professional wrestler. And he said, I could get you a contract over in Japan for $1,000 a week. Now, this is 1961. I, I didn't know anything about wrestling. or Yeah, yeah. But, okay, 1961, that kind of money? Come on now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I had no idea. So, anyway, three years later, I'm back. Uh, I had gone to Brigham Young, so I was gone uh, in and out for a while. I wind up back at Sam LaPrinzi's gym in 1964. Well, in 1964, now I'm up to uh, like 280 pounds. And, uh, you know, uh, he comes to me and he said, you remember me, Kenny Patera? I says, yeah. He says, you're Billy White. Well, yeah. And uh, he says, that offer is still open thousand dollars a week i can get you over there i can train you take me a couple of weeks to train you then we go to we fly to japan i said oh God. that was going too fast for me i i said i haven't even graduated from college yet i said let, let, let me stop you there for one second at this timetable what what would the hourly wage have been for just, just to, to work a normal job. What would the hourly wage have been, or what would a weekly take home have been at that time? Two eighty five, two ninety an hour. It, it would have been three dollars an hour. Okay, again, because I, because I, 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 I want people to hear this because it, it's it's like when you when you see what what's what happened during the, the whole pandemic, and yeah. you're seeing people, and you're seeing people at McDonald's. 
We're gonna bring up McDonald's again right now because because uh, the story that that Don was hitting you with it. But McDonald's right now, you can make was it sixteen or seventeen dollars an hour? No, here Working. here in Minnesota, it starts at twenty dollars an hour. Really? Oh yeah, it, at any fast food restaurant, twenty bucks an hour. See, though that, that's been so, in Michigan. I think it's only up to uh, again. I think it. I really think it's only around that sixteen or seventeen dollars an hour. That was a couple yeah. of years ago. They advertised right in the window, 20 bucks an hour. Jeez. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's that just mind mind numbing to me because McDonald's was never supposed to be a career job. McDonald's is for that pimple faced high school yeah. kid to get his first job to realize I don't yeah. I can't stand flipping burgers. I'm gonna go get a real job, but you you got your feet wet well, and well, at least you knew how to show up on well, somewhat on time and start doing yeah. work and stuff like that. But when wow. I was a sophomore in high school at Cleveland High School in Portland, Oregon, you go, uh, they, they just built a brand new McDonald's about two blocks up the street. So everybody ran up there for lunch. I ran up there, uh, uh, hamburgers were 25 cents. And then uh, uh, you'd get a, a vanilla shake for 25 cents and French fries for a nickel. And that was our lunch, 60 cents or 55 cents, whatever it was, for a complete lunch. And they were paying, a friend of mine, Ronnie Purcelli, got a job there. He was making 65 cents an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was wow. 1960. Yeah, my junior in high school. Wow. <laughs> okay, I, I, I want people to hear that because... It, it you gotta yeah. see how the time the how the times have changed and when people don't understand the opportunities that they have now nowadays you could be on TikTok and you could be twerking your butt and people are gonna pay to watch you twerk your butt. I'm making oh my god, talk about uh, the world. I knew going that to was you. I that. knew it. I knew that was you in that mask on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wouldn't be recognized. I thought. I thought. I. I. I got. I got to put a whole hood on now. Tubby. Tubby Tanaka. Tubby Tanaka. That's... <laughs> I love it. Okay. So, sorry about that, kid. Let's get back to the professional wrestling here right now, because I mean, the fact that again, you you were involved in that quite some time there, but you had big rivals there with uh, Johnny Valentine's and like that as well. A yeah. big feud with him. So please continue on, on the professional wrestling. Trail. Yeah, well, when I had that feud with Johnny Valentine, that was in uh, uh, 1979 down in Charlotte. That was called the Mid-Atlantic Territory back in those days. And um, I liked working with Johnny because you knew you're in the ring with somebody. He just pound the shit out of you. Not, 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 a, not as bad as Don Fry. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. Fucking nope. Valentine. He'd hit you so hard, he'd split your chest open. You split really? the skin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just, just, with, the, just with the chop? No, with a hammer like that. Oh. Boom. And then Wahoo McDaniel, if they were working together, Wahoo would come back with the big chops and split you open, too. Oh, yeah, those guys who wow. really want, they'd wind up and whack you. And... Uh, so, yeah, nothing like you guys used to do, but it was believable. 
trust me, it was believable. <laughs> and those guys got over like a million bucks. And, uh, you know, I, I never heard anybody. I used to lay them in snug. I was a snug worker. But I, I never, you know, hit people in the mouth or, in the, you know, anywhere that it's going to hurt you. And uh, so I, I, if you hurt your opponent, what, what the hell you do the next night? Because you might be working with them four or five days in a row. So right, you exactly. don't want to smack somebody around. You know, you don't get, you don't want to get smacked around. You know, you have to go chase girls and uh, drink beer later. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I, I really wish I had been born with that territory type of agenda that there. Because I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm like a throwback from days gone by. This, the, the, you know, the cell phone. You know, you can't, you can't yeah. have the same match with the same guy. Ter, you know, one city one night, drive 100 miles away, different city another night. I mean, it just, uh, yeah. it's a that's different era now. Yeah, that's how it was back in those days. Yeah, it was crazy. Then, like, then you no, have that final, you have that final loser leaves town match, and all you do is head to the next territory for the next year or yeah, two. Yeah, well, loser leave town. If you saw somebody pull up with a U-Haul trailer, you knew that they were leaving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, trust me, the fans knew. The fans would want, you know, if they had announced loser leave uh, town match. You know, the fans would be out there and back. Uh, Watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, I swear to God. Place and oh, bets. It was hilarious. Wow. I never had a loser leave town match. You know, I I, I, I snuck out the other side. <laughs> you, you but, yeah, we used to have some wild times, you know. Like in North Carolina, let's say there's over 300 towns that you could actually wrestle and draw a decent decent crowd in where you could actually get a, a good payday yeah about you know but north carolina is not big but it's it's spread out and there's a lot of towns that are you know 2500 to 4000 people and every every one of those towns you can draw you know you know six seven eight hundred people you know that's a healthy you know payday you know uh, back in those days, but that's how it was. You know, there were no big, big paydays, you know, that I can think of. Well, yeah. you know, Madison Square Garden, I used to make three and a half. Of some, if the old man uh, liked uh, the match, he'd give me 4000 But, uh, you know, the rent, I found out the rent at Madison Square Garden when I, when I was wrestling there, the rent was $33,000 just to rent the fucking building. Well, then he had another, you know, probably 20,000 in promotional fees. So now he had to take care of 20 wrestlers on a payroll of maybe uh, 50 grand. So, you know, some of us got paid and some of us didn't, you know, like Bruno wow. probably took home uh, 6,000 a match. I took home 4,000. And uh, of course, I didn't wrestle, you know, uh, every show on top. But when I was a main event, you know, I'd get top dollar. And let's say I wrestled Bruno three times in the garden, three times in Boston Garden, three times in the Cap Center, three times in uh, 
Philadelphia. So, so it, it, people ask me, how many times did you wrestle Bruno Sarmartino? I said about 40 times. Which really? Was favorite, what was your favorite spot? To, to wrestle, to wrestle, not a spot, but wrestle. I, I love Boston. Yeah. Oh, it was nuts. I mean, you had to fight your way to the ring and fight your way back from the ring. Yeah. Meet through the fans? Oh, yeah, the Irishmen and the Puerto Ricans. Oh, God, they were just <laughs> outrageous. I mean, they come out of the stands after you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were nuts. But it was wow. good. I, I, it was good target practice <laughs> <laughs> for the bad guy. <laughs> wow! Yeah there, yeah, there were a lot of buildings like that. Uh, uh, Boston Springfield Mass was terrible. It was just maybe even worse than Boston. And then uh, the Garden, you had a fight. Uh, not every night, but you know, you get three or four uh, assholes in there. Then they get the whole crew coming with them, and uh, uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was rough. Was Bruno um, was Bruno as strong as they say he was? Well, you know, well, you know, the wrestling's a work. You know, right. you, you get in there, and I mean, you 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 tussle around and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, he 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 had some strength to him. But yeah. by the time I wrestled Bruno, he's forty four years old. Oh geez. Yeah, yeah. So uh he was uh and then he retired a couple of years after I started. And they did that thing with Larry Zabisco. Yeah. Uh, a retirement uh party type uh, match and and then he he finally retired in 1980 and I had started there uh 1977. So it was just, you know, 3 4 years later that he was gone. Yeah, I saw, your, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead I, saw, I saw Larry about 20 years ago, you know, at, up in Vegas at one of the shows. And I says, man, that was a that was a great uh, series you all had. You know, you and Bruno had with that. And he looked at me like, yeah, you know, it was, it was like it was real. Like I was like, I was a mark coming up one day. You know, ah. he, he looked at me like, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. tell you, it was a good. That was a good. You know, it was a good. Good gimmick you all had going on. Yeah, L L L Larry was a gimmick. Yeah, L L Larry World, I used to call him. Yeah, and yeah, I kind of uh, believed his own publicity sometimes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. They say the biggest marks are in the locker room, and that's yeah. you know. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. What was your what was your big finisher move that you used? Swinging full Nelson. That that was where I put people in full Nelson and then swinging. So okay, okay, just start swinging in circles or just, yeah. just swing back and forth or just yeah. Or okay. People just thought I was killing my opponent. And uh in reality I was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, the uh, swinging full Nelson. I started off with the bear hug. But yeah, I didn't really care for that. It was so static, you know. And so uh, I don't even remember when I started using the swinging full Nelson. But what well, did did you come up with that idea yourself, or did the yeah. someone else? Okay. 
Well, I was talking to an old timer, you know, some guy probably in his 50s or 60s, and he saw me put the full Nelson on somebody. And he says, you ever try swinging your opponent? I said, no. He said, well, shit, you're strong enough. You could do it. Yeah. You know, he says, I remember uh, guys like Don Leo, Jonathan tried doing it, but they couldn't. You know, they swing like a half a swing. So I picked the guy up. He weighed about 240, 250, I guess. I swung, you know, five, six, seven times. Fucking tore the house down. People couldn't believe it. They thought this guy was dead. You know, because <laughs> I told him, I just, when I put him down on the mat and then I crunched him over, it looked like I was tearing the guy's head off. And uh, so I said, just lay here. And I said, they're going to bring the stretcher out. And so he did as I asked and uh, fucking thing got after that. It was unbelievable. Wow. How'd you you meet Brad? Huh? I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish. Yeah. So Billy White Wolf was tagged up with uh, Chief J Strongbow. They had the WWF tag team belt. Uh, at the time, so I'm doing, uh, I think I, I might have had the Intercontinental belt by that time. I can't remember. Anyway, I jumped in uh, on a match that uh, Billy White Wolf was doing, beat the shit out of him, put that full Nelson on him, swung him around, and I said, I'm getting back at you for Sam LaPrinzi's gym. <laughs> He's the guy that wanted to take me to Japan yeah, when I was yeah. a kid. <laughs> and so what happened, that was a hell of an angle. He had a, a fatty uh, tissue deposit on the back of his neck, and he wanted to have an, uh, an operation to get rid of that. So he flies over to Hawaii about a week after that, has that operated on. So now he's got the scar and everything. And he comes back. I don't know. You know, maybe he didn't come back. No, he didn't come back because I wound up doing a singles match with uh, uh, Chief Jay Strongbow all the way around. After about four or five months, Chief comes over and says, Kenny, I got to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. I said, what for? He said, this is the most money I've ever made in my life. I said, really? He says, yes. He said, I've never made this this much money. And I said, well, thank you. You I said, takes two to tangle. Yeah. And so that that, that really, what what an angle that, that was a hot angle. Yeah. Yeah. There's some people that you you enjoy working with, and there's other people that go, Oh my God, I just can't wait till the match gets over. But uh, the the ones that you like to work with, you don't even have to talk about just like who's who's going over and how much time do we have to fill? And and, then you'll have the time of your life out there. That's it. You're exactly uh, right. I'll tell you, I I had so many, uh, like I wrestled Andre the Giant 600 times. 600 times? 600, over 600 times. Well, I, I was going to try yeah. to bring him up because I kept thinking, because of your, 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 
uh, weightlifting, powerlifting background and stuff like that, that that were you doing some matches with Andre to simply, uh, because you could have easily have picked him up and, 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 and launched him. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, many times. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I used to body slam Andre quite a bit. <laughs> and, uh, but, he, you know, he always called it, you know. Yeah, I never slammed him. I, I never did anything unless he okayed it. You sure, know? sure, as sure. As far as the slams go, he never, we never talked about that shit in the locker room. It was always right in the middle of the ring. Yeah, when when he would call stuff like that, but God, he was just a super guy to work with. So light, you know, you couldn't even feel him. Yeah, and uh, he was uh, well. Hulk Hogan felt him. He, he didn't like Hogan. Another, he didn't like John Studd either. <laughs> he, <laughs> I saw him beat the shit out of John Studd down in Washington one one afternoon. It was an af afternoon show. Oh. My God, he just laid the leather on him. Boom! <laughs> you could hear it from the to the back of the arena. That was a big wow. arena too. How'd but, you meet? Uh, how'd you meet Brad Reagans? I met Brad Reagans. Um, gee whiz! Uh, I I'm trying to think of the. I went over to his apartment on West 7th Street here in St. Paul. And uh, you know those ultra glide uh, airplanes? Yeah. yeah. He had yeah. one stuffed behind his couch. Yeah. <laughs> and it was sticking out, you know, on one end. I said, Is that an ultralight? He says, Yeah. And I said, Holy shit. I said, uh, You are a dare daredevil. <laughs> God, but I can't remember how in the hell I met Brad. I, I've known him for years. God, I've met him. Uh, how old is Brad now? Do you, do you have any? I idea? don't know. I don't know, no sir. Yeah. Well, Bobby Backlund's about 74, 75, 75. So Brad, um, Brad's got to be. And, and you're what? Fifty six. Uh, seven. He says seven. You're 57? Yes, sir. Brad's got to be, ooh, 65 or older. Yeah. 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 Well, probably 20 at the 76 Olympics, right? What's that? Probably 20 at the 76 Olympics, right? Well, no. Uh, Brad was supposed to be in the 1980 Olympics, but yeah. Jimmy Carter canceled those. Yeah, but he took fourth in the 76. Because that's when they did points, and he had beaten the top three guys. Oh yeah, because they did points, they in the fourth. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, but then in 1980 he was supposed to go, and uh, he would have uh, won the gold medal. Yeah. But he, oh yeah. Yeah, he, he would have won the gold the medal. Stud. He's a damn stud. Yeah, in the 220 pound class. So anyway. Uh, uh, then I got to know Brad real well after uh, 80, but I'd, I'd met him before. So uh, let's say, let's say 78, 79, somewhere there. No, because I wasn't in Minnesota at that time. I must have met him in 1980. Yeah. 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 80, yeah. 81, something yeah, like that. Yeah, he's such a good guy. Yeah, we've been good friends over 40 years now. Yeah, he's a real good guy. 
good guy to know. You know, he has a, a degree in pharmacy. He has what? He has a degree in pharmacy. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah. He can tell you all about every goddamn pill that was ever made. <laughs> hey. Tony says he's 69 years old. How old? 69. Okay, yeah, that sounds, yeah. Yeah, that's about right, yeah. Yeah, him and Bobby Backlund were good friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they grew up out here in western Minnesota, you know. Uh, Brad's from Appleton, uh, Minnesota, and uh, uh, Backlund's from uh, Princeton, Minnesota. So they're small-town boys, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, that's nothing guys. wrong with that. I think it, there's a lot of good nice. people come from that small town uh, USA, you know. Yeah, they're yeah. both studs, yeah. I tell you, oh, Brad, yeah. Brad, Brad's one of the strongest people ever. Ever, you know, he just yeah. grabs hold of you and just, he, you know, he, yeah. he, like uh, Gene LaBelle, you know, Gene LaBelle says, yeah. you know, you hurt him every time you touch him. And that, that was Brad, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brad was tough. Well, fuck, he's still tough. Yeah. 70 years old, he's still tough. Yeah, he's. he's, you know, he's all full of metal now from all his body replacements. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he destroyed his body, but he's a tough son of a bitch. A nicest guy in the world, too, boy. Oh yeah. 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 He just called me about, I'd say six weeks ago, yeah. five weeks ago, something like that. Wound up shooting the shit for an hour. Wow. He told me it was up in Fargo, North Dakota. At uh Brock Lesnar had come up there and uh, helped him get an apartment. And uh, so it was, uh, he was in a hospice uh, uh, type of uh, home, you know, because he, he he couldn't take care of himself. Yeah. And then as he got better, you know, he's fine now. Good. Yeah, he has his own apartment now. And he's uh, he told me he's looking forward to getting back to Minnesota pretty soon now yeah oh. yeah yeah just you know your health i mean it, it just becomes so much more important to you as you get older i mean it just it, it really yeah. does yeah i mean it just it, you know to get all the surgeries that you had at the start of the show like going holy moly like going this yeah that's uh wow i gotta see yeah, the horse <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna be i'm gonna what i've got to do here now because it's basically about 10 minutes till seven for me I've got I've, I've got to get packed up and I've got to get going here now. All right, okay. we're coming, huh? Shit. But I I I'd really like to have gone. I was go gone. Kept on going here right now because I, I had some more more questions here for you there, Ken. I want to do what to do another. We, we, we might have to do a part part two there somewhere down do, the road. Can you do another one, Ken? Yeah, I was just gonna say let's uh, repackage this thing. I'm gonna have uh, hopefully I'll have back surgery on the 25th. So yeah, about a month from now, a month and a half yeah, from now. No, no problem. We, we, yeah, we'll have Tony look at, at the schedule and stuff like that. And they'll give you some time to heal up and that just so that you're, we'll yeah. see you in, in, in a better mood. Well, again, you've been in a good mood all this evening right now, but uh, I'm in a good Ken, mood. <laughs> yeah. Having that, you know, Ken Patera on, on this evening, we, you know, tr from, from track and field, man. To weightlifting or Olympic lifting, to strongman, to professional wrestling career—what a! I mean, it, it's been an incredible uh, evening here, just to spend some time there with you, there, kid, and uh, look forward to doing part two. 
Thank you. Thank hey, you, Ken. Good seeing you guys. I just looked already. Is there, do you have anything that you want to plug in terms of like if, if, if someone's oh. trying to get in contact with you to book you for something? Okay, a book? Yeah, my Wait. book just came out two months ago. Selling like wildfire. Look at that handsome son of a bitch. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, that's me. But no, uh, okay. But but okay, but how do they get in contact with you? Okay, if, if you got your book, but how do they get in contact with you, Tim? Kenpatera.com. All right. And you got you got the correct spelling right there. K-E-N-P-A-T-E-R-A.com. Kenpatera.com. Yeah, yeah get, that's them, it. get that book. Weight of the world. I, yeah, the weight of the world. It's uh, almost 500 pages, but don't let that scare you out. There's a lot yeah. of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bernard. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I Ken, love thank you very much. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Yes, Take sir. care. Bye -bye. You bet. Good seeing you, Don. Nice seeing you again, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. You better like, subscribe, and share, or I'm going to come to your house.